I'd love to invite up Pastor John, Pastor Brent, and Pastor Annie right now as they come to share. Come on, we can do better than that. Let's really welcome them. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, everybody. A fantastic day it's been. Thank you, uh, Brent and Annie. Grab a seat. Annie, that was an amazing session. That was so anointed and uh, straight from the heart. And I could feel God speaking and moving with different ones. So thank you. It's been a powerful day. You enjoying yourselves? Excellent, excellent. I feel underdressed. I, I think a lot of us got, forgot the, the shorts memo, but just me. But anyway, that's all good. I'm just telling the guys, make sure the photos are from here up and I just otherwise I look underdressed. Hey, uh, hey look, we're gonna, I think we've got about 30 minutes or so just to chat around leadership. Just, why don't you tell us a little bit, uh, for those who don't know us, about your first leadership mo- uh, appointment. What did you first do as a leader? Well, let's, before you were a leader, your first volunteer role in church. What did you do? Annie, I'm going to start with you. What did you do? Uh, the first thing I did was kids ministry. Okay. Yeah. And uh, in a true story, the yes. first time um, I ever went to a leaders meeting, uh, it was run by... Pastor John Cameron. Yes. And in his team was Brent. Um, and in that meeting. Uh, so this is pre arise. This, this is, is in another church in Auckland. This is back yep. in the day when maturity was. We'd maybe, just come off Noah's Ark. We'd yeah. just come off the Ark. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, I was 20. 20. And yep. in that meeting, um, Pastor John kicked Brent out of the kids' team, like live in the room. Live, publicly. Yeah. Wow. He was a bad, bad guy. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's awesome. What was your first volunteer role, Brent? I think that was it. <laughs> it didn't last long. <laughs> it was short-lived, yeah. It was short and sweet, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, okay, your, your first leadership role. My first leadership role was um, set, set up and packed down okay. on that church. Fantastic. Yeah. We would call, well, the A-team is the team here that does a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff for us. So, yeah. Okay. Set up, packed down. Yeah. So um, that that was a previous church we we're part of. Yep. Um, yep. So um, I was put in charge of. I mean, it wasn't a very large church. It was quite small. Right. So it was most of the work was bringing in the PA, which yep. was you know like don't think line array, think one speaker each side. Yeah. Set up all the sound stuff. I literally put every single chair out. Yeah. That, that was it, yeah. Brilliant, um, brilliant. It took me about an hour by myself. So, you know, you're not talking big setup. Okay, so were you actually a leader if you're doing it by yourself? Well, I got other guys to help me out. So <laughs> Sorry, I'm just... just that was a rude true. question. Like, when I first started, it was just me, but then I was like, why don't you, you come help me? You built a team. You yeah. built a team. Yeah, accidentally, I suppose. Just, <laughs> you know, I just awesome. didn't want to do it by myself, you know. It was like, that'd be easier if someone helped me. So <laughs> Very just, good. Very yeah, I got good. my mates to help me out. So, I liked yeah. it. Annie, what about you? Uh, I went from that being a... Um, I, I first became a kid's leader. just had a yep. little tiny life group of these little poppets. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I mean, I got saved when I was 19 and um, went on this sort of journey over those next few years, ran a life group, did these, really whatever opportunity it was, right, uh, ran, right. a, ran a summer beach mission, the kids part of that. That's yeah. really where I did my first leadership was yeah. in yeah. kids ministry. So Fantastic. Yeah. So let, let me ask this, okay, so we're talking about leading teams and many people lead teams here, whether it's at church, whether it's in a in their school, whether it's in their business. Uh, give it, how do you motivate people who are on your team consistently? 
I mean, obviously in church, that's unpaid, so that's an, there's, there's a degree you're motivating people to do something as volunteers, or in a business you want to keep people motivated uh, for maximum performance. How do you motivate people? I think you motivate people best when they're doing something that is self-fulfilling for them. Mm-hmm. So we work very hard to find out, I mean, that's where your growth track's so mm-hmm. good because it, it, you're going to actually figure out why someone was made. Yep. And if you're doing something that isn't of itself life to me, yes. then you don't really have to motivate me to do that anymore. Right. So, yeah, yep. we're trying to find roles where it's life to me and life to the church, yep. and then that's very easy in a business. I think it's still the same thing. And obviously, the larger you get, the more you can create those roles specifically for individuals. Um, smaller environments, you kind of have to do everything but, right. um, yep. to a degree, but try and focus on things that really you love doing. Okay, very good. Andy, I'm going to ask you this. I've become a kids team leader for the very first time. It's my, I've got a team of eight people, and I'm, I'm like, okay, I want to do a great job at this. How do I do a great job at being that team leader? Yeah, I think you have to, um, you have to get a heart... God's heart for what you're doing and then you have to make your team about not about task people will do anything if we're making a difference together so then you have to run your team like every time we enter this room for kids we are potentially um, ministering to the next prime minister we are transforming a family. Right. We are, if this child meets Jesus, then the family will meet Jesus, then the community will meet Jesus. Like, it's not about this yes. moment. It's right. about the big picture. Great. Then I'll do anything if you, yes. if, you, if you give me the vision. Great. So help me not just see these are the, the individual yeah. tasks that need to be done, see what we're doing and Absolutely. achieving together, yeah. the difference we're making. That, yeah. That's a great, great takeaway. We talked a little bit earlier about the upper room, which I loved, and that, that out of that upper room comes flames into every sphere that you're involved in, family, etc. Um, you told me a story, and I, so I just shared because I believe that being in the house of God, you get an anointing on you for the sphere that God's called you into, as well as the role that you're fulfilling in the church. So being planted means I live for the house, I want God's house to flourish, and then as a result, something gets on me that I take into wherever God's placed me in whatever sphere. So for me in my business, I used to get there very early in the morning and pray through the business. You shared about a, a couple friend of yours and what they do to get the, that upper room experience into their business. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we've got, we've got uh, really close friends of ours who own quite a large construction firm and they go from church on Sunday night straight to their offices and they pray uh, through their whole office um, which is, you know, you're talking over an hour together. Yes. Um, and they just pray. They pray on every desk. They pray for every chair. They pray through every meeting room. They're really just praying and looking to bring what God's been doing in the Sunday services, that anointing, into their into their Fantastic. Uh, workplace. Yes. And um, just... It's actually quite amazing. I used to go to the gym right beside them. I often go after church right. on a Sunday to the gym, and you'd see them praying in there. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. So I, I can kind of pray in the gym a little bit while I'm sweating. When I can breathe anyway, you know. <laughs> so. Love it. And they run their, they run their staff team uh, basically like with the same systems that we have in our life group. So right. a staff member has a baby. They do meals 
for a few weeks. Uh, yes. Somebody's sick. They'll send a care package. Right. Um, they're, they're reaching out and they really believe that they're called to pastor their employees and to love them first like they already know Jesus. So, Very good. Yeah. I love that. So that's essentially what I'm learning in the house of God is flowing into my life. Exactly. I talk to lots of people and they just go, I just, I learn, and this is me, I've learned leadership in the church yeah. that's flowed into my business. Yes. That's, that's kind of what I've learned and watched and observed and caught has been like that. So that's brilliant. Whether you're a teacher and you get into your room and pray early to create an atmosphere, whether it's in your home as a mom or a dad, whatever, but what gets on you flows. Very, very, very good. I love yeah. it. Um, talk to me a little bit about groups, okay? So, you know, in, in our church, we have four pillars. I know you have four pillars. Ours are slightly different, but our four pillars is our Sunday services, our groups, the dream team, and leadership development are our four pillars undergirded by the growth track and prayer. That's kind of how it works for us. So groups is a massive part of a successful church. Tell, give us a couple of your revelations of what makes a great group. Yeah. Uh, I think a great group is a place where you eat together, you laugh together, and you change together. Love it. Uh, so right from the start, um, Pastor Gillian said to us, wherever we take people's time, we must add value to their life. Very they must good. go home and think, I was better for having been Very in this room. Good. And so I, I guess then it comes to the quality of the discussion, um, how prayed up and ready we are, um, and then really how we go after um, those environments. Brilliant. So, Brilliant. Yeah. That's great thoughts. So we eat together, we laugh together, and we're transformed together. Brilliant. Brent, what would you say? I would say um, for us, the group that we're a part of in our church has been very transformational for us. Mm -hmm. And I think that where I see groups that don't really have transformation in them, they get stagnant very quickly. Right. So I think as a leader of a group, I am very, very conscious conscious in my own mind that I'm not going to lead other people in my group. Yes, I am, but I'm going so that my life can be changed. Yes. And I feel that that creates a great environment in the group. I think yes. when, when Christians get professional, everything stops. Right. Yeah. Right. Very good. I love that. As our vision is to see lives transformed, that's, groups is one of the m most key places that that's going to happen, right? Yeah. So, okay. So what about a leader of a group? So many are, how many people in here are a group leader? Assistant group leader, give us a wave. Uh, want to be a leader? Very good. Excellent. Excellent. All right. In terms of what would you say are a couple of thoughts to creating atmosphere for people coming into a group, whether it's in your home or whether you're at a cafe? What, give us some atmosphere tips. Yeah, cool. Um, I think if, if you're doing a group in the home, um, then the atmosphere, you actually, there are some simple things you can do that make it work. Like uh, we would say make sure your house is warm. Probably if I lived here, I'd say make sure your house is cold. Um, <laughs> you know, make sure there's music playing. Make sure that it actually has uh, a vibe to it, you know. Um, if people walk in the door and they're standing around for a while and they don't get anything to drink, yep. I would say, um, you know, that, that people just start feeling awkward very quickly. Yes. So those kinds of, like Pastor Danny was talking earlier about right. hospitality, yes. like just actually learning what that looks like. Um, because for some of us, that's going to be natural. For some of us, it's going to be learned. 
Annie was raised, her mum was a hospitality queen. Yep. She always has been, family is great at it. It's never been a strength of mine, so I have to be very much like tick the list, right, you right. know, get these things right, yes. do this stuff. Um, but if you get it right, it does set a right, a great atmosphere. Right. And I would say the other thing is to make sure that you know what your times are going to be for the night because I'm kind of get into my group, I like everybody there, we're having fun, chatting, and I mean, you know, we would still do this at times where we get like an hour into hanging out and realise we haven't done any study yet we got you know right. I would say the study is the excuse for the group not the other way around right but um, you know you still actually got to get the stuff done you yes. know? So it's, uh, yeah yeah, yeah. so good. timelines well, and, and thinking through what I've got to achieve is fantastic. actually really important yeah fantastic I reckon you have to just know that a lot of the life change happens before and after the study. Great. Um, and so often it's that um, conversation that you have as everybody's going home and the room's thinning out and somebody lingers and it's creating an atmosphere where people can come and, and feel like a warmth of welcome to be there and that just that willingness um, to create that. I think that um, your preparation in terms of um, just the basic things like you're you're not on your phone. You're you're actually giving people your attention. Right. You're you're in the room. You're in the room. Right. It's the biggest atmosphere creator we have in a world which doesn't do that. Yes. I think we've all been out for dinner with someone who's more interested in the text messages that are coming to them on the phone. Right. And it's if we have that vibe in our group, which we can. We're never going to get there. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. These are questions I've got on my phone. Oh, right no, now. that's right. Clear. It's not you're good, you're good. I, mean, I, I, I saw you flicking Instagram, man. You can oh, see them oh, on the gram. I'm living in the moment. What, okay, what about, the, what about between the group? So there's actually the event of the group and either side of that evening or morning or day. What about your interaction with people outside of the group? How do you be a great group leader? Yeah, cool. I mean, we, we use this app with our group called Telegram. I don't know, it's like a WhatsApp, WhatsApp. Right. type thing. Yep. Um, and we have a group on there for our life group. Right. And so then we're like, we're always throwing stuff on there. Yep. The groupers, um, people just sort of saying stuff. They've got prayer needs, they've got things going on. Um, it's very, very active. Yes. So we use that a lot. Fantastic. Our group had a hard year last year. Yep. Apart from us, everybody in our group had a parent die. At least one, and wow. one of the couples had both their parents wow. die. Um, well, a parent from each of the, uh, both their mums, I think it was. Mm. So um, from that kind of thing, you're going to, obviously there's phone calls, there's direct messaging going on as well yes. behind it, but it's very much the group is caring for itself yeah. um, and looking after people and the whole lot of things are happening around that. Yeah. So we found that in... I mean, in our group, it's all business leaders and, you know, and us and stuff. So it's a very busy and divert, dynamic kind of group. Everyone's going on. So it, it helps everybody can check in there Great. and know what's going on. So high comms, but in a, a, a format that's actually not just you individually, but the whole group connecting together. Yeah, that's and awesome. everybody's inputting. So it's yeah. not like we don't really drive that. It drives itself. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. What about you? Any, um, I think if you've got, uh, like us, Everyone's got kids. Um, we make a real effort to be interested. The kids are not in our group, but we feel they're an extension of our group. And if you're caring for adults, 
um, and they have kids, they care that you care about their family. So we will um, remember birthdays. Um, I mean, we're probably like you guys, we're a bit time poor, but I'm very good at internet shopping. Um, yes. And so I'll hello yes, somebody. That's yeah. um, <laughs> a spiritual gift. <laughs> Amen. We'll send some flowers. We'll send a kid a birthday present. We'll just, you know, use those opportunities, um, some personal text messages, just active in their lives. And um, I would say, too, as we're willing to be transparent about our own challenges, yes. yeah. so we'll, we'll go on the chat and say, can't tell you all the details, massive season for us, would you pray, or this child is going through this, pray for this, we are part of the group, just not running the group. Very good, I love that, that's awesome. Hey, um, when you look at some great Arise team members who are on staff, not on staff, part of your Arise team, our dream team, what's a couple of qualities that you just look for and love in leaders? Ah, great question. Great question. I think the the number one thing would be a hunger to grow. Hunger to grow. People who want to grow. Great. Um, Because a hunger to grow keeps you humble and it keeps you able to onboard feedback. Right. Um, People who aren't, people who get, once you lose a hunger to grow, my experience has been that most people come, become defended of how they are right now. Right. And, you know, once they become defended, you know, the Bible says an offended brother is harder to win than a fortified city. And I feel like as soon as you say, hey, it'd be great if we could change this, then they're offended by that yes. rather than being blessed by it. Right. So we have some guys in our world who, you know, if you say to them, can, can you grow in this area, it's like you just gave them $100. Um, and you just love working with those people. Fantastic. And, and you know, no surprise, they've all become our, you know, shining star the leaders. because they embrace feedback. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. like that. Uh, we, we do a monthly meal with Dan and Ebony. Uh, they, we fly them back every month, and we've, and we've been doing it for years before they went, but Dan's always at the end of the meeting sits there with his laptop and says, I've got three questions. What can I do better? What, what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to start doing? What do I need to keep doing? Last time, this is what you said, and this is what we've done. Can you give me some more feedback? Love it. That, that, embr- Love that it. active pursuit of feedback makes a star player, that's right? That's, that's what makes a star player. Love it. Okay, that's a great quality. Annie, what would you say? I mean, we, in Arise, we only employ people who can build a team. Mm-hmm. So no matter what sphere you're in, uh, it doesn't matter how shiny you are in the pulpit or, you know, what other things you've got going on but if you can't create a team mm-hmm. then you won't take the next step so right. we'll work with you to build those skills yes but we're looking for people who can release others so um right. that's essentially so an empower it. a recruiter yeah, someone exactly. who can do that can look across the room and go i should meet them i should take them on a journey yep. they might be here for the first time or they might have been here many times but i can see with fresh eyes someone and draw them into a new place. Fantastic. And that's who we're looking for. I love it. I work with a girl, and um, I've worked with a girl for many years. First as a volunteer, uh, she did ministry school. She's come on staff in the last couple of years. She runs um, in Christchurch for many years, the kids' ministry. Um, she'd, she'd work with every Sunday about 120 volunteers. I never, ever helped her fill a team. 
I never have ever gone to a parent and said, hey, can you help us fill this roster? She mm. has filled her team herself over that entire time. That's somebody that you want on your team. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me, what do you think it is about her that allows her to recruit people well? I think she sees the seed in someone. So she's not looking for a tree. Um, yep. She's looking for potential. Yes. And she's happy to take someone who'll say, I can give you one Sunday a month and journey with them to a greater level of capacity. Yes. Um, and she'll take you if you'll say, I'll do every service and yes. tell you, actually, you need to be in church. Yes. Um, but she will pastor you through that process. Take and you so on the she'll journey. see you in the seed. Yeah. Love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, change of gears. You work for your brother. You're, you know, essentially friends and often you lead people. And this can be, a, again, a employer, business, church dynamic. How do you navigate being the business side of church, the leadership side of church, the friendship side of church, and, and in your case, the family side of church, not, not, but all of us have the sense of friendships, leadership. How do you navigate that? Yeah, good question. Um, and you talked to our stakeholders a year ago yeah. about hats and family and business. T talk us a little bit about that. Yeah, good. So when Jesus got lost, um, you know, his parents lost him. You'll probably know the story. And then they found him three days later in the temple. And they were surprised and they didn't understand what was going on. And he said to them, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? And the Bible says they didn't understand what he's talking about. Um, I've never struggled to work with my brother because I've always seen it that it's about two things. It's about our father's business. It's about family and it's about work. And I've been able to understand through that journey what hat I'm wearing and how this relationship is. Is this a conversation with my boss or is this a conversation with my brother? Or is this a is this a leadership dynamic or is this a family kind of gathering? And really try to um, just make sure that I know what this is and then worked from that. So for, for me, it, um, you know, Annie talked about when we first started, it was not good, um, you know, and you are going back 25 years, but, you know, literally like trade and get stuffs and you're out of the team and I'm off and, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of pretty hairy kind of gear. Um, you know, we've, we've gotten a little bit better now, but um, from when we started into a rise and we came in um, to that, it's really been very, very easy because it's been like, okay, well, here we are and you're the boss and I'm working for you and we're making this thing happen. Um, we work very collaboratively now. Yes. It goes on pretty well. Um, yes. But yeah, yeah, just make sure you got the right hat on. You're not thinking that I'm going to get something out of this relationship that's not going to happen today. Right, yeah. Right. Well, okay, which is which is excellent. What, so when it's not blood family, but church is family. So we gather in a group, and there's a real family unity, one another vibe. But then we might get to a Sunday, or even people who come into a staff setting, and now there's more of a structure, and there's a coach and a leader yeah. how do you how do you change gears between being family and actually being led by someone who's your spiritual brother or sister Annie do you want to speak into that mm. I think that there's just one little principle that um <coughs> that Brent has always operated in, and, and that's if there's ever gray 
he always goes to the business side. Right. And so if there's ever a situation where you're wondering, is this a friend moment or is this a... Is this the pastor moment or yes. any of that? We always go to the pastor moment. We right. always go to the... So that for us has been immensely helpful because there's, you're always going to err on the, on the side of honor. Yes. And you're always going to win from honoring. You're never going to lose from overdoing it. You're right. never going to... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And from, from a leadership perspective, what I've tried to do for people when I felt like there was a dynamic where they didn't get it is try to frame the relationship mm-hmm. in that moment and say, right. hey, listen, you know, we're friends and I love hanging out with you, but I want to talk to you today as your pastor or right. I want to talk to you today as your boss. Yes. Um, so let's have that conversation yes. and then let's get back to life. Yeah, and yeah, we'll just help friends. me with understand where we're at, yeah. Fantastic. It takes a lot of maturity to allow someone who's a friend to lead you. That's, yes, and that's a, that's a mature component of Christianity. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Brent, when you got up here earlier, and we've talked about this, all of our executive team have visited Arise Church, uh, admired what, what God's doing through your whole team and through your whole church. It's an inspiration to us all. And one of the things that's been very, very obvious is the depth of vision and values being embedded at every level of your church. It's not just something that's talked about from Pastor John and Jillian. It's echoed down into the church. And when you got up here, I watched a master echoer, I would call it, a master. Uh, and you literally got up and reiterated vision statements that I'd read out about the season, the next, uh, the decades of our church that I see. And, you, you know, you picked out the... F- the phrases that were in bold in my writing. So you got up and said, okay, we see radical salvations, we see that, you know. That's obviously a gift, but it's also something you've worked on because it goes down deeper. How do people here make sure that we're all in unity and we're all on the page with a vision, especially in a world where we have access to some incredible different flavoured churches around the world? And it can be quite easy to get caught up with, oh, if only our church was a little bit more like this church that I'm listening to that message or seeing that worship style or, you know, there's, and God's doing awesome things around the world. So how does a church create unity and, and what's your role as a leader in driving that down? Yeah, great. I mean, I would say my role, primary role as a leader is to amplify the vision. So I, I'm always listening uh, whenever John's speaking and, and when I'm in another church, the leader of that church, to see, to try and hear what the key things are that are in their heart because you, you're going to take what's said and you're either going to kind of justify it or maybe you'll kind of almost nullify it. Like some people, I've heard staff say, I know that's what pastor said, but <laughs> what it really means is, and they've just stripped it of all authority. And, right. My role is to say that's what he said and God's going to do it and this is how he's going to do it and just make, amplify it, just amplify it. So I'm always listening and, um, you know, I was, I was really happy that I'd gotten the bold words but, um, <laughs> because I'm trying to hear what's the essence of this, what is really Good. wanting to be communicated because if I can grab hold of those words and then just continue to use them. Language, language is so powerful. You know, when God multiplied languages at Babel, he did a really great job at creating confusion and a lack of being able to do something together. Mm-hmm. So 
My job is to is uh, to make sure that we unify people around the language that we're using and to use exact phrases and exact words um, to to drive those things home. I think there's there's tremendous power in that, and I agree with I. I have personally, and this is this is for me. I'm not saying this is for everybody, but I don't really listen to other preachers. Right. I read a lot, but I don't listen to other people because I want to get the key phrases of our church world and just have those in my head. Wow. Um, so I'm very oratory in my learning. in my learning. Yes. So if I listen to a whole bunch of other people, I will start to use their language. So right. I don't. I'm not On saying purpose. other people shouldn't. Sure. I'm just saying I don't. Sure. I read and I've learned to really learn that way, and I love books, but um, I don't tend to listen to a lot of things because of that factor, yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. You know, I find that, because I'll dip in to listen to God's using this person, and I might go, I want to hear what he's saying, and I'll listen to a message or two. Uh, but then sometimes I've gone to listen to someone, and I felt like the Holy Spirit says, don't listen to them. Make sure your voice is the voice that's clear, even in your own head, for communication, so mm. that you're not an echo of somebody else out there. You're the primary visionary in here. I think that's a, I, I love that. That's a real focus and discipline to lock in on what God's saying and doing in your, which is part of why it goes so deep, obviously. How would you say, Annie, how do you capture the vision of the house, the vision of your senior leaders? Are there some things that you do to, to make sure you're speaking that same language? Yeah, um, it would be very similar in that if we were sitting in a staff meeting, we're both sort of taking notes, but also to the side, I often have a column where I'm just writing my thoughts or sometimes questions, and when we have time with John and Gillian, we'll just spend time clarifying what it is, and, uh, you know, for us, it's not our team, it's their team. It's not our message, we are amplifying the message, and so I guess it's like if that's my position, then I've got to be comfortable in those shoes. Yes. It's not that I'm lesser. It's not that I can't have an original thought or idea. Sure, sure. But I know that that's I'm comfortable in that spot, and yes. I think it, it it does take personal security to be a happy number two or team member. Yes. And I would say if you don't have that feeling of comfortableness, wrestle with that until you find a space where you're, I can be the amplification of someone else's voice yes. and be comfortable in that spot and feel like I'm a valuable human being. And very that's good. probably very entwined with the whole sort of topic. Yeah, very yeah. good. I think that's so important. And I, you know, I think that's, that's the power of when God breathes on something where there is unity and clarity of vision and language and what we're doing right through the church, right? Right through every, every, if every group's thinking and talking the same and it has a sense, this is what God's doing in our church. If every team has that same sense rather than, you know, we're all, because there's awesome things happening, but we're all jumping all over the place. It's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, I think that that scatterbrained kind of approach to church life was what we kind of grew up in. Right. And everybody had their own ministry. Yes. And they were all going in different directions. Yes. And even the church would seemingly, it's more like a sailing ship than anything, was tacking back and forth in all kinds of crazy directions. Yeah. And if you're going to build something that's really going to impact, you do have to just kind of go in the same direction for a long time. Yes. So that people can get on board with that. Um so we've really tried to make sure that we're never pulling away from where we're trying to go. Yeah. And uh, it, 
people don't change, large groups of people don't change direction easily. You've got to really mm. think about that, you know. Mm. Yeah. John the Baptist was one crying, make, make, the, make pathways in the wilderness, highways, make it easy and obvious. Very you know, good. I mean, you've got the, the Bruce Highway up here, yeah. you know, it's easy to come to New Zealand, we'll show you some roads that aren't easy to follow, you know, it's, you're going out like this, and it's not kind of easy for people. So people crash off the road, and people have problems trying to get there, yes. and you know this kind of thing. Well, we're just trying to build highways that people yeah. can easily go with us. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, you guys, you've been very helpful. Cannot wait for tomorrow. What are you preaching about in the morning, Brent? Do you know? Well, I do, but yes. I can't remember the title of my message, which has been driving me mad all day. But, <laughs> Rough feeling about, or do we just have to come and hear it. Uh, you know. I really want to talk about perspective and right. how we see the world. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Awesome. And then at night, I want to talk, I mentioned it earlier about praise and worship and the Fantastic. power of it. Fantastic. And, uh, and, and our world and our church and our lives. And, awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a great day. Thank you. Can you put your hands together for Pastor Brent Nanny? Thank you, guys. You can head off. Well done. Well done. All right. We won't... We're going to wrap up in a few things. You can leave those there, guys. You can leave them. That's all right. I just, I want to just take a moment. Uh, thank you, Rod, as you come. Just, I guess, I, I loved the upper room moment that Pastor Annie led us in of just, what's God saying? So can we just stand in our seats? Because I think days like today aren't supposed to just be inf- informational. They need to be transformational. They need to be where we go, all right, out of today, Holy Spirit, what's what's that thing that you're saying to me. And so I'd like us to close our eyes and just ask the Holy Spirit. We'll be able to go back and look at our notes from the day. And I always write down a list of takeaways from every kind of event like this. There might be six or seven takeaways for the day that I've learned and that I want to implement. But what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Let's let him speak to you. Round... Is it around building an upper room, your walk with God? Is it around the spirit of hospitality? Is it around being an amplifier of the vision or so many different things? Is it around being all in? Is it around going for the long haul? Is it releasing the handbrake? But just let the Holy Spirit speak. Holy Spirit, this is your church, your building. What a privilege, Jesus, to partner with you. We're here to be transformed. We're here to change. We're here to grow for your glory. Help us. Help us, we pray. My people will be willing in the day of my power. Your people will be willing in the day of your power. Willingness. Willingness, O oh God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You can be seated. I want to, 
I want to just invite up real quickly um, our directors of ministry areas. And if you're the exec team member filling one of those, just come and stand up here. So Dan Bowman, I see you out there. You better get your your butt in here. It's very anointed. Come on in. Um, Yes, yes, just just on the floor. People can see you here. That's cool. Thank you. All right, all right, all right. So we've got... Uh, the reason I'm saying this is to be for, cl- for clarity is we have seven ministry areas here at the sunny coast. So we have go together so they know. Jeremy and Sharon, you go together. There we go. You go together. So Dan is children's ministry. Yes? All right. Josh, you're like overseeing youth at the moment and you're overseeing services. So, okay, those. Lisa's worship ministries. Katrina is new people. Teresa's first impressions. You guys are adults, which is groups and care for people. Okay, so I want to just, earlier if we said, um, we talked about the pipeline and being apprenticed as a leader. And you're like, oh, that sounds good. I'd I'd love to be apprenticed as a leader. I'd love to grow as a leader. Or... I'd like, love to help, I'm already a leader, but I'd love to help develop other leaders. So I want to keep doing what I'm doing, but develop other leaders with it. And you're like, well, what's my next step if that's what I want to do? Uh, firstly, if you're not in a team, your first step is to be in a team. It's to do growth track. It's to find out the right fit for you and where we need you. Get in a team and start serving. Okay, that's the first step. Then if you're in a team and you're like, I'd like to be developed as a leader, one way to do that is to come and talk to one of these guys today or tomorrow. Do it quickly and say, I'd like to be apprenticed as a leader or I'd like to help develop other leaders in the area that you're already serving. So that, that's over to you to initiate. Is that clear? How many people say, I'd like to be apprenticed or I'd like to help develop? Give me a wave. Want to be, you want to be apprenticed as a leader or you'd like to help develop other leaders because, and you're already a leader? Fantastic. So come and talk to these guys. You may go. Thank you, directors. Josh, you can come up.